1: Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Am I starting? No, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what's going on?
2: (laughs) All right, we'll try that again. Everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast brought to you by Betonline.ag as well as Rotoviz Radio. My name is Dan Sanio. You can find me on Twitter at FFDynastyDan. Dan. And what's becoming a trend, we can almost say as always, with me tonight is my bestest of pals, Mr. Nathan Powell, on Twitter at NPowellFF. Nathan. How are you this fine free agency Eve? Well, it's not Eve. It's evening uh, because well, we, 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 know. we started
1: nine hours ago. Uh, Quote unquote,
2: legal tampering. Yes,
1: legal tampering. Uh, lots to talk about that it's happened the last nine hours. And I'm sure by the time we get this episode out, even if we get it out on Tuesday, it'll all be. <laughs> uh, post Doesn't news. matter.
2: It will be uh, gone.
1: But we'll talk about the moves that happened and how they impacted the players around them. Uh, And the best person to join us to do that is going to be the man that's wearing a Yankee hat, the man that won't be watching baseball until July, uh, Ryan McDowell. I I won't even be watching baseball after July, so (laughs) let's
2: just
3: just get that out of the way. Uh, But yeah, I'm I'm glad to be here with you guys. It's been a crazy day for sure. Uh, And that's just in the NFL world.
2: Gotta love it. So we'll be here again with Ryan McDowell, talk through... Uh, The chaos that what was the Monday of legal tampering, I think the first thing on everybody's mind is most certainly going to be the DeAndre Hopkins trade that also involved the half-dead David Johnson. So we've got DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona in return for David Johnson. Obviously, there's some picks there to offset that. Not enough from pick land, but um, it, it happened, and... There's going to be a lot of, I think, changing valuations here as far as quarterbacks and, you know, other pass catchers, even the running backs might change a little bit here. So, Ryan, we'll start with you for DeAndre Hopkins in this move. I, I think the fair thing to say, because anytime you're changing scenery, it's always a little bit of of a process to get caught up and, and to... Kind of figure things out. So maybe short-term, we see this as a a slight drop in, again, short-term value. But in the long run, do we think that this is going to be bigger and better for DeAndre Hopkins, or do you think it's just going to be a clean lateral move? Or potentially, I I guess, uh, a negative thing?
3: Yeah, I I don't think it's a negative, uh, other than what you mentioned, just the changing teams. And we've seen that with... Uh, with even the best wide receivers, of, of course, I think this situation is has a lot of similarities to what we saw with Odell Beckham last year being moved, and that even kind of correlates to the young quarterback getting the big value bump. I, I certainly think Kyler Murray is the big winner in this deal. Um, we'll see if we'll see if he can actually take advantage of that, where Baker Mayfield was was really not able to. Uh, last year with with his situation with the Browns but as far as Hopkins yeah I definitely don't think it's it's a downgrade or a value loss for him and I almost think any time that you've got a player in the news like this being traded signing with a new team at the very least it gets everybody else in your league interested in that player you know they go to their league they look at who has DeAndre Hopkins and uh, I think for the most part, dynasty players are going to view this as an upgrade. Uh, the offense, even though it didn't live up to the hype last year, I, th- I think we saw some good things. And it's, you know, it's boring, but it's probably going to come down to can they get some help on that offensive line? Uh, Kyler Murray took the took the fourth most sacks in the league last year. Uh, it was scrambling around like a crazy man. And those those wide receivers overall were, were a disappointment.
1: Yeah, I, you mentioned the offensive line. Obviously, that was the you know the main undoing of Josh Rosen in Arizona, and Kyler Murray with his mobile abilities kind of survived his rookie season and somehow won offensive rookie of the year. But yeah, with Hopkins, I think that the downgrade isn't isn't really the Watson Kyler scenario. It's more so that he has more competition. He's got the wide receiver Christian Kirk, receiver. It's a better wide receiver team than what he had in Houston, and then uh, wide receiver three Andy Isabella I think is better than. You know, like a Kenny Stills type. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that the wide receiver core being better in Arizona, plus, you know, the, the co- combination of, you know, having to learn a new system and, you know, work with new teammates is a little bit of a downgrade in the short term. But I, I think it's, you know, pretty much the same value. He's still in, you know, mid to late first round starter pick. Late? Are you high? Wide receiver two. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, ben, the way people draft running backs, wide receiver two might be like true. in the middle of the third round by now. <laughs> that's, that's
2: that's very true. Uh, I think I think the most impressive thing is is going to be for Christian Kirk here to exist in, I mean, one of the best wide receiver rooms we've seen in a long time. I mean, you go Rice, Terrell Owens, Chris Carter, Randy Moss, and Larry Fitz, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that's you're kind of in the same ballpark here. So I, I think I think it's going to be only positive things for Christian Kirk, even though short-term it's going to probably really hinder his, his production. So uh, while buying now might not be a horrible idea for Christian Kirk, I think maybe mid-season if we're seeing a lull in productivity, because I do think that Fitz is still going to get some of his throughout this year. I, I don't think it's going to be an overwhelming amount where it's going to dig into – um, DeAndre Hopkins target share but I do think on on Fitz's farewell tour he'll still be productive and, and that will cause Kirk to probably not be as productive as we'd like in in this time in his career for him to try to make that ascension upward so I think mid-season um, probably pre-deadline in, in your leagues as far as that goes, is going to be a really good time to buy Christian Kirk. I think he'll start to bottom out as far as value goes there. But right now people are probably looking at it like, well, there goes all of his wide receiver one upside. Well, He wasn't ever going to really be a wide receiver one. I think we maybe knew that. I know a lot of the truthers were thinking he could be that low end one, high end two, just because, and, and he's good enough. Uh, I just, I don't think the volume was ever going to be there. I think he was, he's built to be a two in an offense, and he'll have that opportunity, I think, as early as next year. Potentially this year, depending on injuries. So with with the Kirk uh, situation with Arizona, obviously big upgrade for, for Kyler Murray. Let's move and, and we'll talk a little bit about Houston. And Ryan, you mentioned that I think it's probably a bigger um, hit for Deshaun Watson losing DeAndre Hopkins. But before we, before we go there, does this bring life back to David Johnson?
3: Well I think it has to um, he he was he was never going to get that job back in Arizona uh, they they were just clearly ready to move on and and they made that obvious earlier in the day when they uh, when they tagged Kenyon Drake so uh, I think any new landing spot would have been a positive for David Johnson and landing with a team like the Texans that basically have have a wide open backfield as far as touches is going to be a good thing. You know, given all that, I, I would certainly, if I had still held on to him through last season, would try to take this chance to, to sell him with this, to, you know, presumed value boost.
2: Most certainly, yeah. Nathan.
1: Yeah. And Houston, they have traded for more running backs in the last like, 18 <laughs> months than anyone in history. Uh, Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, now David Johnson. I think there's one more as well that I'm forgetting. Uh, but it's just crazy, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I've been one that I've been trying to buy low on, on David Johnson after his poor year. I, I think that maybe he just didn't go, get off to the right start with Cliff Kingsbury slash, you know, having health issues. And somewhere in there, there's the 2017 David Johnson that lit the world on fire. It might not be come back to to 100 percent, but I think he still has like RB2 type upside and going from Arizona to Houston. like. Presumably Houston, maybe not now without Hopkins, but presumably with Deshaun Watson, it's still like a very good offense, and we'll see what they end up doing in the draft. I'd assume drafting a wide receiver in the first round. So yeah, I I I like the move for David Johnson, but I wouldn't, you know, he's going to get a value bump, and I'm not buying with the value bump. I'm trying to buy with the previous value.
2: Most definitely, I think. I think the only thing that's probably still going to keep me away is the way that Houston uses their running backs, at least the ones that are currently rostered. Duke Johnson, a pass-catching specialist, didn't catch very many passes last year. Carlos Hyde was obviously there stealing whatever you know rushing downs he could do, but I, I, I don't think there's going to be a ton, a ton of upside. Now, obviously, giving up DeAndre Hopkins and, and all of this— makes me think that maybe they think a little higher of David Johnson than obviously they do of Duke Johnson. But considering what David Johnson is best at, which is catching the ball and being in space, I'm not overly excited or or in the belief that B.O.B. is going to be able to figure it out and use him properly. It feels like he's just getting him to slam him into the line 20 times a game. and, And volume's great. But it's not if you can't be productive with it. Well, uh,
3: okay, so a couple things here. First, I, I don't know if we can even make projections on this on this Houston offense. I mean, we haven't seen this Texans offense without DeAndre Hopkins. He's played seven seasons now. He's missed two games in his seven season seven year career. Both of those were Week seventeen games where he just sat out. So really no missed games because of injury. We've never seen Deshaun Watson play a game without him. They they've certainly leaned on their on their passing game with Watson and Hopkins and that's limited the running back production. Maybe that's because they wanted to focus on that passing game. Maybe that running because those running backs have been Carlos Hyde and, and Lamar Miller over the past few years. So, you know, is David Johnson more talented than those guys? Yeah, I think he still is for sure. But we also just don't know how much they want to run the ball versus versus pass, and and then Nathan, I've I've got some bad news for you and for Houston fans. They don't even have a first round pick this year. So <laughs> oh,
2: because not- of the oh, because of yeah.
1: yeah, yeah,
2: the Watson deal.
1: No, <laughs> yeah, not the Watson, the t- Tunsil. Oh, Tunsil, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, sir. the
3: Tunsil deal. The the Dolphins have uh, have their first rounder. So so they gave the first rounder for Tunsil. They did not get a first rounder for Hopkins. They did not get a first rounder for Clowney, uh, and and they're in trouble.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I remember during the – what looked like – wait, they, they lose the Bills? No, they came back against the Bills. Yes, when they were losing against the Bills, uh, people were talking about Bill O'Brien possibly being fired, and I was saying that that Texans job – is the worst job that has ever had a franchise quarterback ever <laughs> because you look at the picks that they have and the talent they have outside of what was then Watson and Hopkins was so minimal that like, I I don't know who would have taken that job if they would have fi- fired Bill O'Brien.
2: Yeah, it yeah. definitely wasn't appealing aside from the offensive pieces, but it, it's not even pieces. It's just three players. It's Tunsell, right. Watson
1: and Hopkins. Sure. Yeah, now, now it's two players. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. I'm, and we'll, I, we'll go know, back to,
3: I, I tweeted something to this effect and everybody else probably, probably went through a similar um, kind of series of thoughts. The first report is that they, they traded uh, David Johnson. And you just think like, wow, I, I, I didn't think they'd be able to find anybody that would take him. And you think, okay, they're, they probably, they're, you know, Arizona's paying the, the big chunk of the contract, and and that's how that went. And then the re, the next report was that Houston's paying the full contract. Okay, maybe maybe they got a second round pick just to take him off <laughs> off Arizona's hands. And then and then the the third step is the crazy one that we, we find out Hopkins was in that deal and just how bad of a deal it was. So it it really was. I mean, there's been a lot of surreal thoughts the past week, and and that's just another one of them.
2: Just thoroughly atrocious.
1: <laughs> and and part of despite the fact that Johnson wasn't good this year, and the, you know the state of the running back position today, part of what made Arizona willing to part with David Johnson to the stage was their trading of Kenyon Drake midseason, and then their subsequent transition tagging of him, you know, going into the, this free agency period. And uh, two things I learned today: uh, a, you can't franchise tag and transition tag in the same year we in that today and b that's news that's new, so we yes. forgive me and, and transition tag any team can make an offer to Kenyon drake right now i had no idea that was a thing i thought transition tag was just like the other version of the franchise tag so there's still a slight chance that he leaves but i'm guessing now that they've traded david johnson that they're going to match whatever someone offers
2: most definitely. Hopefully somebody comes in hot and heavy so we get a big contract and they're forced to use him a lot. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I, th-
3: I think for DJ, it just boils down to price. I would take a mid-second for him. Like, snap, except. Yes.
2: Every day of the week. Okay, I-,
1: I think I might pay like a 206 for him. Uh, so let's go to Drake then in his new RB1 role in that Arizona office, which we project to be good. Would it take a late first, early second? Where are you on on Drake, Ryan? I've never been a
3: huge Drake fan, but you can't, um, either of the Drakes really, but you can't, um, <laughs> you, you, you can't ignore, you can't ignore what we saw last year. And, and in general, I believe in in chasing offenses and Arizona is one of the offenses I would want to chase and would want to load up on players from that team. So uh, you start thinking about, and, and we're getting close enough to kind of predict where players might go and you know, you look at Clyde Edwards Hilaire and maybe he lands a starting job, maybe not. He's looking like kind of the one six, one seven, one eight pick. I'd rather have Drake than than Edwards Hilaire right now. So I'm looking at a mid first if I were selling.
2: Yeah, if I'm out buying, I'm I'm probably looking at that one oh eight, one oh nine range as kind of a comfort zone. But with that, I think I'm also hedging with Chase Edmonds. As much as I prefer Kenyon and Drake, and I think he'll dominate that. Uh, the fact that we know that Edmonds is at least capable of of what he's capable. Of. I mean, we saw it last year. We saw him do quite well in that role um, that eventually was taken over by Kenyon Drake. But I, I think this is a case of where you might be more willing to overpay a little bit for Chase Edmonds just to make sure you've got that spot covered because it's going to be very productive. This is one of those where you wish you could just take the position, the the running back position for Arizona, rather than one or the other. Uh, I think you'll definitely want to have both just for safety. Um, So, yeah, I I think I'm in that 108 range if I'm buying. If I'm selling Drake, I'm probably going to want to ensure that I can get like a top three back or a top three wide receiver. So I don't think the buying and the selling window is really all that different there's a little bit of leeway there but i think i think if i'm buying if i'm buying drake i'd like to use that that mid to late pick or potentially a future plus maybe like a third or something if someone's okay moving for futures so uh nathan we all know that you're the kenyan drake guy so where are you falling on this one i mean i'm
1: where i'm where you guys are like i would buy for the max of like the 108 if i is really feeling positive about it if i already had chase edmonds on my team and i needed a running back to win now those that, that would be like the max but um as far as uh my se- my cell i would take uh, i i think i would take as low as 107 108 okay all right let's move on to our next one and it is going to be uh some cleveland browns topics We have uh, Austin Hooper signing with the Browns. We have David Njoku possibly on the block and a Kareem Hunt second round tender. I'll start with the uh, Hooper news, obviously, because it kind of is part of the domino effect. You know, it was, I thought it was interesting that Hooper didn't re-sign with Atlanta. I kind of always assumed that he would just end up back there. It seemed like a good fit for him. You know, he was the tight end for that team and you know that they have Julio and Ridley, Um, but no, he ends up going to Cleveland and now he's kind of put in the same situation that, I was worried about Njoku with a year ago when the Browns traded for Odell Beckham. And we are, we all know how much of a a target guy that Jarvis Landry is. I'm like, where are these targets going to go for the tight end? And granted Njoku was, was hurt for some or or most of the year. just couldn't, you know, really get off the ground much like the entire Cleveland offense. So my worry for Hooper, who is a guy who's been incredibly consistent, you know, mid to low end tight end one his whole career. Uh, my, my worry would be where the target's coming from, especially if David and Joe still on the roster.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a tough spot. I think I think the fact that they're willing to to put that much forward, I feel like Hooper is going to be one of the more important parts of that offense. Obviously, the connection with Landry and Baker was more than a lot of people expected. I think obviously, like you said, a lot of people expected OBJ to be that guy. But Landry has just kind of always been the safe, the safety net for his whole career, whether it was Miami or, or now in Cleveland. And I think Hooper can kind of be that extra safety net. So maybe they do start pushing the ball down a little down the field and taking those shots a little bit more uh, as we get a, a more comfortable Baker Mayfield and they surround him with as much talent as possible. They bring in a, now Conklin. So uh, I I don't know. And and Joku is. Obviously, the athletic profile is all there, and and you hope that he gets there. But it, this move almost makes me think that either they're going to fully commit to a two tight end offense, or he's out. Like he's just gone.
3: Yeah, it, it, and joku is is an interesting one in this uh, in this situation for sure. I think that was the immediate. Response with this deal that Injoku would be on the block, and I know a lot of people are hoping that's the case because they were uh, valuing Injoku as a, as a, really as the dynasty tight end one, which is probably out of line based on uh, the evidence that we've had. But uh, the rumors have been out there, and the reports have been out there for a while that he was he was kind of on the outs in Cleveland, and um, whether that was just the old coaching staff, the old um, uh, leadership or not, who really knows? But at, at this point, we should be rooting for a trade uh, for David and Joku, but i'm I'm just not sure it's coming. As far as Austin Hooper there, I, I think it's we definitely have to view it as a downgrade, and m- mostly for the reason you were talking about earlier, Nathan, with the the level of competition. Uh, I know kind of I guess you could argue similar. Similar options in Atlanta with Ridley and Julio there, versus but, but the running backs are much worse in Atlanta. Right, exactly, exactly. I think the maybe the wide receivers cancel out, but um, you look at what uh, what David and Joku did um, a year ago, and once Kareem Hunt was was on the field, and you know maybe that lines up with some injuries or or just Njoku being in the doghouse, but once Hunt came back, Njoku was was basically done on that team um so I, I think hooper and and hunt could be possibly competing for the same type of targets and as far as the level of field
1: and so we'll, we'll wrap up the browns with kareem hunt he received that second round tender uh so that kind of leads us to think is he going to be going anywhere so a lot of the you know nick chubb enthusiasts were like oh rfa someone's gonna you know pay for hunt but the real question is someone going to pay for hunt and pay a second round pick on top of that uh dan uh what what are your thoughts on that
2: well obviously this you know we we got to see him back on the field again and him doing some of the things that he was able to do in kansas city obviously not to the full effect that he was doing them in kansas city but uh I, i think it's pretty clear that he's more than capable one of these teams that isn't as comfortable evaluating running back and and going out on a limb and drafting one and thinking that it's going to work out might be more inclined to use that second round pick to take Kareem Hunt because they know what they're getting. They've seen him succeed in the NFL. And the only thing that's going to hold back somebody from going out and getting him and spending in that second round pick is the off the field stuff. Do they feel comfortable with bringing him in? Uh, You know, have they, did they write him off the second it happened? Did they say there's no way we'll ever bring him in? I would imagine about half of the teams said, I mean, that's not even an option. So obviously working with a smaller uh, potential fit because some of those teams likely threw him out of, uh, you know, off of their board as as a target, that makes it a little more tough. I do think that the Browns would like to keep him but i just i've always felt that someone's going to be willing to pay for kareem hunt because of his his ability
1: yeah and the the kind of the problem with kareem hunt is that he's going to take a team that is good and has a late second and isn't the chiefs so there's just so many uh possible landing spots i mean there's not very many possible landing spots and that is the problem with cream hunt so uh i think that nick chubb should should still be worried and i think that cream hunt is likely to stay in cleveland at this stage
2: all right and before we slide into our next topic let's quickly talk about our friends over at bet online With currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think that there's nothing to gamble on. Well, you would be wrong. BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, all of them are open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts and esports on the rise. If you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, spelling bees, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. No, not Nathan Powell, you know, the actual Nathan's. Just be sure to use promo code Blue Wire, that's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your new ticket to online action.
1: Let's move on to our next set of free agency news. And uh, this one, I think, isn't official, official as we're recording. It'll likely be official by the time you're listening to this. Uh, Marcus Mariota to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, So, you know, the Derek Carr, John Gruden relationship has been an interesting one over the last (laughs) couple of years, to say the least. Uh, They're neighbors in Vegas. Their houses are placed next to each other. But now uh, Derek Carr may not be the leader in the clubhouse to be the starting quarterback. So I I honestly think that at this stage, this is going to end up being a training camp battle of Marcus Mariota versus Derek Carr. And I think that Marcus Mariota is the better quarterback. Uh, So, you know, it might take a couple weeks into the season where Derek Carr gets sacked 18 times in order for this to make a switch happen. But I definitely see both Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota making starts for the Las Vegas Raiders in 2020.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. And actually, uh, we've got some breaking news. It is it is now official, or I guess as official as it can be uh, prior to uh, prior to Wednesday. Uh, but yeah, he he's got the deal with uh, with the Raiders. I agree with you, Nathan. It's this this is a situ- situation, and a lot of people have have made the comparison between Mariota and, and Ryan Tannehill. That uh, he was basically thrown on the scrap heap, the Titans acquired him cheaply and, and we know how it went from there. And, and that's who knows if that's what happens with Mariota, but he's, he definitely needed the fresh start. And if, if we're talking super flex, both of these guys are going to be relatively, relatively cheap in a dynasty league. And I I would gamble on either one of them, assuming their price is cheap, but I do like, uh, I do like Mariota a little bit more.
2: Well, let's let's not forget the dark horse in this whole equation here, guys. Nathan Peterman still has an opportunity, <laughs> so I, I think the training camp battle is going to be whoever throws the fewest interceptions. Uh, so unfortunately, I think that means that Nathan Peterman won't be won't take part. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> I think everybody knows how I feel about Marcus Mariota. Uh, I, I don't think Tennessee was right for him. I, I think injuries played a big role in that. But here we are. He's going to get a fresh start. Gruden did a surprisingly decent job last year, and and that's hard for me to say, but uh, I was all against him coming back to the NFL. I think it was good for entertainment value, but um, I think, well, I definitely forgot, but I think a lot of people probably forgot how good of uh, a coach he could potentially be and how good he actually was. So I I think Mariota takes that job and doesn't look back. I I do think that uh, the Raiders explore some trade options for Carr. I would have to imagine there's going to be a couple of takers because it's still a somewhat friendly contract he's got, right? He's got three years left, I think.
1: Well, the thing is that like a year after a quarterback contract is signed, it's immediately friendly because right, the deal yeah, yeah. goes up by ten million dollars. Uh, so, you know, we've heard every single rumored quarterback to the to the Bears at this point. We've heard Teddy to the Bears, we've heard Dalton to the Bears, and now we're going to hear Derek Carr to the Bears as well. Uh, so, any of those guys could end up there, but I don't really see. The, uh, the Vegas Raiders opening the season with just Mariota at quarterback. It'll either be Mariota and rookie or Carr and, and Mariota uh, either way. I think both Carr, Mariota and or a possible rookie quarterback in Las Vegas are all decent buys. Uh, but, you know, for now, you know, what, what, what would you say the, the price would be uh, Ryan, like a second round pick for both of them?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can't be, it can't be any higher than
1: them. And it, it just
3: boils down to their confidence level. We we can't say for sure which, uh, or really, if either of these guys will be the starter. Like you said, still still a chance they uh, they take a rookie there. So, yes, yeah, a, a second-round max, I think, in Superflex.
2: That's going to be one that you're probably going to have to gamble on. You're not going to be able to wait until after training camp, right? Uh, or you're going to end up having to pay a first to get a starting quarterback in Superflex. Uh, so those, those, you know, if you can get in at, you know, a mid or late second somehow for either one or potentially both, uh, that's a, that's a pretty good deal you can make now to kind of ensure some quarterback production down the road, especially in super flex, obviously one quarterback, you really shouldn't be targeting these guys, uh, unless you need a, a third quarterback for some reason, and you can get them for some waiver wire money or something.
1: Let's move on to the other trade of the day, uh, the blockbuster that was heard around the world. Uh, Hayden Hurst traded from the Baltimore Ravens to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Obviously, the Falcons lost Austin Hooper, meaning they were in need of a tight end. And the Ravens have been shopping Hayden Hurst since like week four of the season, and they finally found a suitor for him getting surprisingly a second-round pick in return for the 28-year-old third-year player.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> the Brandon Whedon of tight ends. <laughs>
1: so the, the, honestly, the, the biggest news of this, which isn't even really news, is that this is good news for Mark Andrews. Uh, obviously, the the Ravens aren't uh, wealthy at the wide receiver position, and putting Andrews as really the only pass-catching uh, tight end on that team means that he's in line to be a top five, top six tight end next year. Uh, and I, I think that as Lamar continues to progress, his passing volume will continue to increase as well. So Andrew's the winner here. Uh, but Hurst, I, I think that he has gone from, you know, end of your roster guy to guy who you might consider streaming. Yes. You know, he, he is still very much a, a question mark, but he had some flashes. I'll use some very, uh, you know, liberally, but I, I think that he has shown enough that he's going to be an NFL teams tight in one
2: and super small sample size with what he did last year. He actually, some of the numbers looked okay. And like you said, he flashed a tiny little bit, but ever since they made that draft pick and then later on drafted Mark Andrews, all I could think in my brain was, I mean, if you flip those, they make sense. So, and now today, obviously it looks that way. You could consider, you know, getting a second back for whenever they drafted Mark Andrews and, just kind of roll with that. We'll, we'll, we'll give the benefit of the doubt to the Ravens and say they came out ahead on this.
3: Yeah, I think the Ravens are, are big winners here, getting that kind of return for Hayden Hurst. Um, I mean, honestly, it, it's not much different than the, than the DeAndre Hopkins deal when you look at, at the compensation, which is just sickening. Just <laughs> sickening. <so> bad. <laughs> uh, but. Thinking about the Falcons and and that offense, that's that's another team we typically want to chase players. And Hurst is still going to be pretty cheap, I would assume. Um, probably not as cheap as as he was yesterday, but uh, still reasonable to acquire or to draft in a, in a new startup. Uh, I like Hurst. I think he's um, probably just on the outside of that tight end one range. Maybe maybe a mid tight end two and in, in dynasty rankings. Uh, I, I would value him along with alongside other guys we're just not quite sure about, like Johnny Smith
1: and Ian Thomas and guys like that. All right, let's wrap up the show with our last topic, which is kind of more like a projected dynasty topic rather than a actual one. We have uh, the Indianapolis Colts traded a first round pick for Eric Armstead, their 13th overall pick, and that 13th overall pick was kind of we I think we talked about it last week with uh, our Superflex rookie rankings that you know jordan love is was basically almost guaranteed to the colts before today i feel like everyone had already put that in in permanent marker Uh, now that is not the case now i'm putting uh tom brady and jordan love in permanent marker to the bucks but anyways in terms of uh the colts in the quarterback position i think this means that they have confidence in either brissette or possibly getting Phillip rivers or maybe even a tom brady uh so what are your thoughts on on the Colts quarterback position uh Ryan do you think that it's Rivers locked up what what are your thoughts
3: Yeah it, it seems like it's Rivers uh, of course I don't I don't have any kind of inside information but uh even leading up until today everything pointed to Rivers al- along with Love I actually thought it would be that uh, that combo um signing Rivers to a to a pretty cheap deal and and then drafting Jordan Love uh, with that 13th pick, so uh, the the trade surprised me for sure. Uh, maybe it wouldn't have been as surprising if they went ahead and signed Rivers first, um, because ev- everything we've heard post trade is that they're they're all in, they're full win now, and you don't always hear that. From, you don't you you hardly ever hear that from a team that didn't even make the playoffs and we're not sure who their starting quarterback is. So it's. Uh, it, it was a weird move, I think.
2: Yeah, I, I think you guys both nailed it. I think it all but all but guarantees one of the elite old quarterbacks who maybe are no longer elite, but still at one time were, and they they have that to their name. So I I, I think it's got to be Rivers. I think I think like you know sharpieing uh, Jordan Love in at 13. I, I think you could probably sharpie in Rivers there. Uh, unless something goes awry, that that just seems it seems too perfect of a fit. we They've talked about the all in. They're winning now. They're making the trade with 13 to to build up that defensive line, making that defense incredible. Uh, one of the better defenses in the league now. They just need to match it with offense. So uh, I feel like a lot of their draft is gonna be spent on just playmaker types. They have to hope that Paris Campbell returns healthy. And, and can kind of do his things. We'll see what happens with the rest of the offense, how they fill it out. Uh, I thought they might be more inclined to have a deal for a tight end, but I guess we can see what, what happens there. I, I think I think they're still lagging a little bit behind on offense, but we could see a potential Tennessee-type move up for them like we did last year. I think we see them heavily lean on Marlon Mack. and and maybe get uh, Naheem Hines a little bit more involved. But the quarterback move is is going to be what either takes his team to the next level or is complete flounder. I mean, if if they end up not being able to get Rivers and have to transition off to go to like Andy Dalton or something, I think they can still win a little bit with with Andy Dalton. I just don't think that um, he's going to have that difference making getting them to the the real next level that they want to try to get to.
1: Alrighty, that'll wrap us up, and uh, I'm sure that uh, Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, and Amari Cooper will all sign the minute we hit the <laughs> stop recording button. Uh, I'm looking forward to – oh, actually, Ryan, you are an Amari guy, so let's close out the show. Uh, what's your Amari prediction right now? Uh,
3: I, I just – it's not even a prediction. It's just a hope that he stays in Dallas. I, I don't think there's a ton of uh, great landing spots. The Houston. Eagles- <laughs> no 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 he Bill O'Brien is just becoming Adam Gaze with a good quarterback it, it, I just I don't want any players around him that I, that I have on my rosters uh so yeah Philly or Dallas would be fine I'm I'm just hoping for Dallas kind of status quo
2: yeah it feels like feels like Dallas uh I think I think Philly will struggle to find any sort of salary cap to get them there. I think that's yeah. the big thing holding them back. It would we'll, well If we see a trade out of Philly soon, then you can probably put Amari Cooper there, but it's going to take something sizable or a restructure of somebody, which I don't know that they can do uh, easily. So we'll, we'll see what that front office can come up with. I know Howie Roseman's always pretty damn good about finding that space and making things happen, but going and getting a, a true wide receiver one, is that's a big ask.
1: Alrighty, and I will say that I also think he's gonna stay in Dallas. Alright, that wraps up for today. You can find Ryan DynastyFootball.com. All his writing, and he has 18 different podcasts. Dynasty <laughs> Blueprint, uh, the Bull Rush is gonna have some some uh, Corona episodes, and right. uh, all, all, all that good stuff. Uh, thanks so much, guys, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Kadosh!